Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of John tonight. Book of John chapter 14. We'll begin reading at verse 22. Then we'll turn over to the book of Acts chapter 7. We'll read a few verses there. John chapter 14 beginning at verse 22. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Acts chapter 7, begin reading at verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open." and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to speak on this topic, the works of the Holy Ghost. The works of the Holy Ghost. One more time, would you lay your Bibles beside you? Can we just lift our hands toward the heavens one more time tonight? Can we just ask the Lord to continue to minister in this house tonight the way he would choose to minister. Lord Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to be gathered together in your house. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all your many blessings. We thank you, Jesus, for your word tonight. Lord, we ask you to move and minister in this house tonight. And God, we just give you thanks and praise for it. Everybody said in Jesus' name. One more time, would you clap your hands and just love Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, can you just love him for just a moment here tonight? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What do we do after the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Ghost supposed to be doing in me? Besides the uh, born-again salvation experience, once I move on from that moment, what is it supposed to be? I hope to answer that question tonight with what I have felt the Lord give me. The Holy Ghost is just not an option when it comes to living for God. It is not something like items on a menu that we can either choose to have or to not have. Jesus clearly said that in order to be born again, we must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. The Spirit is a crucial part of salvation. It was a part of Jesus' very own mission. It's this new covenant that God was establishing. He knew the only way for fallen mankind to be successful in this journey of living for him was he had to provide a way for his people to survive. Man was not capable of living the law. Man was not capable of saving themselves, so to speak. So not only did Jesus give himself for us, but he also provided a way that we may too live this life that he lived and live it victorious. A guiding light, an eternal help, that would help the believer to overcome the desires and the choices that our flesh would try to bring upon us. In John chapter 14, 22 through 27, I read to you at the opening text, Judas, and this wasn't Iscariot, but the other one, asked how Jesus would manifest himself or make himself available to them so that they too could have access. But he then wouldn't be manifest to the world. They were trying to understand, Lord, how are you going to rise again but manifest yourself to us, but yet the world may not see you. Jesus said it is by loving him, keeping his commandments, and then it was going to be through the Holy Ghost. He said the Holy Ghost will come. He will be manifested, available, revealed in them. Jesus would now become revealed in the believer that was full of his spirit. Jesus rose and ascended into heaven to prepare that place just like he told us he would. And now it is the church's responsibility to be who Jesus was while on this earth. And in order for the church to be and to do and to say what Jesus was and said and did, it only comes through the power of the Spirit. I must be full of the Spirit of God in order for me to live out His will, in order for me to be a witness to others, in order for me to not only make it to heaven, but to reveal God's holy word to those around me. I must be full 
of the Spirit. Acts 1 and 8 says, Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The power doesn't come. The authority, the strength doesn't come until the Holy Ghost has been received. I can't even be a witness until I'm full of the Holy Ghost. According to what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, I cannot even be a true witness of this gospel until I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I must have the Spirit because it is the Spirit that gives life. It is the Spirit that brings understanding. It is the Spirit that leads and guides into all truth. Reading this Bible without the Spirit is just reading another book. I don't want to sound offensive tonight. But that's why there's so many denominations and religions in our world. You can't understand a living book unless you have its author living in you. And so the Bible clearly tells us the Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. And so in order for me to fully grasp what Jesus meant in his words and what uh, the church is supposed to be and how I'm supposed to be until of his return or my death, I must study the word, but I must study it through the eyes and the knowledge of the Spirit. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says, Now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So by the power of the Holy Ghost, we are able to remain in hope. We are able to continue to believe and trust in God. If the flesh doesn't see it, it doesn't believe it. And so it becomes very quick to give up and to move on. But if we're full of the Spirit, there's an assurance in our heart that though we may not have seen it just yet, it doesn't mean that God is not going to do it. Just because we haven't heard His voice or seen His hand, I've got an assurance because I feel the Spirit moving down in me. I've got an assurance tonight. It's my insurance policy that He is working with me because He's in me. And I know because He dwells in me, He's going to do that which He has said He's going to do. Christian growth is a matter of the Holy Ghost and its work in our lives. The way we mature in Christ is through the works of the Holy Ghost. Once we are filled with this precious gift from God. A work immediately begins to take place. Changes will begin to occur in every aspect of our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So the moment that God fills me with his spirit, and I am truly filled, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost there is a work that begins to take place in my life God begins removing the old taking out the old removing the old desires removing the old circumstances and helping us to build this new creation but I can't become the new creation without his spirit love, joy peace patience amongst others are called by the word of God the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> Meaning I can't truly produce love or truly have joy or peace in my life without the spirit. 
Oh, it may come circumstantially here or there, but true joy and true love and true peace only come through the power of God's Spirit. So in order to obtain these fruits and in order to have the attributes of Christ, I must be full of Him. However, the blessing of the gift of the Holy Ghost is not just limited to speaking in tongues. Signs and miracles and changes in behavior and lifestyle all come by the power of the Holy Ghost. By way of the Spirit of God, the human spirit is given new life and we are able to enter the kingdom of God. Our spiritual thirst has now been quenched and the presence of God's Spirit is in our lives. And we, it now means we are filled with Him and we belong to Him. But there are also some things that the Holy Ghost does that uh, goes beyond just a movement of a spirit on a Sunday night speaking in tongues. The Holy Ghost has been given to us for much more than just to say, I have the Holy Ghost. Or just to maybe speak in a funny language in a service or in a prayer closet somewhere. It, it, it goes much more than that. One of the things the Holy Ghost has given for, he has given to us as a teacher. John 14 and 26, I read it to us earlier, but Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So Jesus was basically telling his disciples, I know you're not understanding everything right now. I know you're not grasping everything that I've had to teach and everything that I've had to say. But once the Comforter comes, once the Holy Ghost is given, he is going to quicken things into your spirit and into your mind and he's going to open up your supernatural understanding and through the power of the Holy Ghost you'll know what it means uh, when things begin to happen. You'll know what it means when thus saith the Lord. You'll know what it means of why we worship the way we do and why we pray the way we do and why we study scripture the way we do. You'll understand why he's calling us to a deeper consecration lifestyle. You can't live this without the Holy Ghost. You can't live this life without the Spirit of God. He's got to be moving and breathing in us. He is our teacher. He is the revealer of all things. When I am standing up here or pastors standing up here or ministers are standing up here and they are teaching the Word of God, the Holy Ghost inside of you will witness of what the word is being said and it will tell you that yes this is what I want yes this is what I mean yes this is that's why you can understand preaching that's why it's easy to grasp teaching when you've got the Holy Ghost it's easy to understand this kind of teaching because the teacher inside of us is revealing to us this is what I meant this is what I said this is what I want you to do this is exactly why I did what I did this is exactly what I'm doing in your life this is exactly it's that it's that instructor inside of us though Jesus had been with them in the physical for three and a half years teaching them some things were difficult for the disciples to comprehend so Jesus is letting them know that through the Spirit, the Comforter, 
the Holy Ghost that these teachings and sayings would be revealed to them much clearer and that their understanding of the word and the teachings would be much better. The mission of the Holy Ghost was not to impart or instruct them on some secret uh, novel ideas, but it was to teach and to aid the disciples in remembering what Christ taught and helping them to understand it. Notice how Scripture, how Jesus worded His Spirit, how it was to come. He said, the Comforter will come. Meaning to bring comfort, to bring safety, to bring peace or security. That's what comfort means. And so in things that I don't understand, in situations that uh, try to overtake my mind, or in circumstances that I'm unaware of how the outcome should really be, I can, through the power of the Holy Ghost, have an assurity and have a peace that though I may not understand everything that's going on, I know God has got this. I know he is fighting this. Come on, it's through the comforter. It's through the Holy Ghost. Even though I may not understand, even though I may struggle to get it, even though the answers aren't coming as quick as I'd want them, by the power of the comforter. In a world that's in chaos and turmoil, I can still have peace that passes all understanding. And that comes from the comforter that comes from the Spirit of God. Comforter, to bring comfort, to bring peace, to bring safety in, in the waiting for God to respond in the prayers that seemed to go unanswered or you're fearful and discouraged. You have a comforter tonight. That's why when I talk to folks sometimes that may have lost, recently lost someone. I always pray over them and say, Lord, let the Holy Ghost be the comforter they need. Because that's what he's been sent to do. It's to comfort me in turmoil. It's to comfort me in misunderstanding. See, the disciples, once Jesus left, the disciples were getting ready to head into unknown territory. This was all brand new. Jesus had come and turned the religious world completely upside down. And not only has he done that, but he has now commissioned these 12 and, and, and so much more after the Holy Ghost. But he commissioned these 12 to go into the world and do exactly everything that he'd done. And so they were going to face things they wasn't prepared for. They were going to face opposition. They were going to face troublesome times. But Jesus said, through the Holy Ghost, through my spirit living in you, you won't have to fall apart. You won't have to give in. You won't have to run away and hide. The Holy Ghost will bring you peace, will bring you comfort, and you will be able to live this life that I have called you to live. Come on. If you're struggling here tonight to live for God, receive the Holy Ghost. Get in the Spirit. Allow the Holy Ghost to be your comforter. I'm not sure of this at all. If, I, if I'm afraid of the circumstances, if I'm feeling overwhelmed through the power of the Holy Ghost, I can find peace and I won't have to be discouraged or feel lost because His Spirit 
will comfort me. John 16 and 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Said The spirit of truth, when he's come, he's going to lead you into all things. That he would lead them into revelation, and he would lead them into truth. If you've got the genuine spirit of God, you're going to be led into truth. Because Jesus is truth. He said, I am the truth. And so if you have the genuine spirit of God living inside of you, anything this Bible has to say, you'll have no trouble believing. Oh, praise God. Well, we, we might not like it. There was a lot of things Jesus taught that people didn't like. But it's his word. And it's what he's commanded of us to do. And so whether we, rely, whether we like it or not is, uh, is irrelevant. The fact remains is that if I've got the genuine spirit living inside of me, I may not like it, but I'll still be able to receive it. If you're having trouble receiving something your pastor up here is preaching, you might want to check your Holy Ghost department. Flesh ain't going to like none of it. You know, I heard something, I was at because of the times, whenever it was, and, and uh, I can't remember who said it, one, one of the preachers said something, but he said, you know why Jesus didn't get angry when they took the spear and stabbed him in his side while he was on the cross? He said he was already dead. And dead men can't get angry at the blows of others. Oh, boy. <laughs> dead men can't get angry at the cuts of others. And so it's the same with the Holy Ghost. I can't receive the Holy Ghost until this old man is dead. And so no matter what's preached, no matter what's taught, as long as it's truth, and I've got the spirit of truth living inside of me, I should still be able to receive it. My flesh may not like it. My flesh may be able to want to get up and walk out, but my spirit inside of me is saying, yes, I understand that, Lord. Speak that to me. Teach me that. Let me hear that again. Lead me into all of the right ways of the Lord. That's what the Holy Ghost does for us. Luke chapter 12 in verse 11, and when they bring you under the synagogues and under the magistrates, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, and they bring you under these men, take, take ye no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you're going to say. He said, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. So he said, if you're in the Spirit and, 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 and you, you know me and I'm in you and we abide together, You'll be able to give an answer of this faith when they bring you before those men. When being questioned about your faith or asked to give an account, the Holy Ghost will bring things to your remembrance and help you on how to respond. Acts chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Peter was being asked how the lame man was healed. And the Bible said he just opened his mouth and spoke what the Holy Ghost gave him to speak. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. 
For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth these things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Paul said, you're not going to know the things of God by the spirit of this world. But if you have the Spirit of God, then the things of God shall be revealed to you. He said, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Meaning it's hard to really comprehend. And I'll be honest with you, when I first got in church, I mean, a lot of this seemed pretty crazy to me. I wasn't born and raised in this. And man, I you know, showed up to a red hot Sunday night and I mean, people are twirling, people are running, somebody's laughing while somebody's crying, people are hugging each other. And I, I'm like, man, this is, I thought I was crazy. But you see, you can't perceive that through the natural man. But when I received the Holy Ghost and God began doing a work in me, I understood while those men, while some were up here weeping, while some were up here dancing. I understood it. It's because God had been so good to them. God had done so much for them. God had blessed them in ways and, and means. God had done works in their families. I now understood why they worshiped the way they worshiped and why they danced and shouted the way they did, why the preacher preached the way he did. It's because the witness inside of me. And Paul said, you're not going to get any of this. You're not going to understand any of this. You're going to struggle with every teaching we bring to you until you look at it or go after it through the Holy Ghost. There must be spirit-filled people to understand what the Word of God is. Man's wisdom will not do it. Man's understanding will not grasp it. But when you're full of the Holy Ghost. Brother Beard used to say that all the time when he was witnessing to us. Don't knock it till you try. Because you're not going to understand it till you do. But once you are filled with the Spirit, then a whole other world opens up to you. And you can begin understanding the things that God is doing in the earth. So the Holy Ghost is a teacher. Another thing the Holy Ghost does for us, the Holy Ghost is our intercessor. It, intercessor means a person who intervenes on behalf of another. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says it this way, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Sometimes we don't know what we need to pray. Or sometimes we may know we need to pray, but we just don't know how to pray or what words to pull together to pray. Many times the, we don't know the answers to our problems or, or we don't even know where to begin. 
But verse 26 says, The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Infirmities here does not translate to sickness, but it means weakness. The Spirit steps in where our words fall short. The Spirit steps in when we don't have the strength to pray or when all of hell has come against us that day and told us we're not good enough to pray or we're not worthy enough to pray or God's not going to tune in to some sinner like you. The Spirit steps in. The Spirit steps in in our weakness. And all if all we can do is just get out a groan, maybe just a few tears and a, oh, Jesus, the Spirit takes over from there. And in a matter of moments, how many of you can honestly say you've been in a prayer room somewhere, you've been trying to pray somewhere, and then there came this moment that seemed like a flash of lightning hit you and the Holy Ghost began to move in your situation. And before you know it, you was praying. Come on, you was praying things you didn't understand. You were talking in tongues. You felt like you was on cloud nine. What happened? The Spirit stepped in in the middle of your weakness, stepped in in the middle of your moment and said, here, I'll take it from here. I'll help you from here. I'll be strong when you are weak. I'll be strong. Do you understand God is not grading us on our performance. God is grading us on our effort. We've got this stigma in Pentecost and it bugs me to death that, that, that we feel like if we ain't just this mighty super spiritual somebody that we ain't nobody in God's eyes. But the word says when I am weak he is made strong. That's what his word says. God's not looking for some super strong, muscular man that can just come in and whip everything and everybody. God's just looking for somebody that says, you know what, I can't do this on my own. I can't live this on my own. It's a struggle, but I know if I trust you and I give my life to you and I surrender everything to you, you're going to take control. You're going to step in when I'm weak. You're going to step in when I'm struggling. Come on, I wish somebody would testify right now. I remember a night where I was so weak, but the Holy Ghost came in. I remember a night where I was down and out, ready to quit, but God stepped in. some, please hear me, that's not some, some wrote out prayers we can give you that's going to get your prayers to heaven any quicker than the next person's. All it takes is two things, honesty and openness before God. And then it takes you surrendering yourself at that place wherever you are. And once you finally admit, I am weak, I can't live this by myself, I can't walk this walk alone, I've got to have somebody. The moment we begin to release that to God, the Bible says that that Holy Ghost, uh, that advocate, that comforter steps in uh, and he begins to take over. Do you remember the night you got the Holy Ghost? It wasn't when you was on your highest moment, was it? God didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost when everything was going right. Come on, it still works the same. God is still. 
still operates the same way. I don't have it all together, Brother Jason. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling this week. I, I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to live right, but God, I just don't feel like I've got it together tonight. I don't have these big strong prayers tonight. And the Holy Ghost says, that's fine. You just surrender yourself. You just give yourself to me in prayer right now. And you watch what I'm fixing to do for you. You watch how I'm fixing. My God, I feel like I'm preaching to somebody right now. So all you got to do right here tonight, you ain't got to have it all together. You ain't got to have some fancy prayer. You ain't got to pray like your neighbor. You just lift your hands tonight and say, God, right here, I surrender. He is our intercessor. He makes up for the shortcoming. He makes up for the days that I want to quit. He makes it up. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands in this house? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Spirit of God moving in this place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14 and 15, Paul said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. He said, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding also. Paul said, there'll be times I'll be able to hit that prayer room and I'll know my prayer list and I'll know what to pray for and I'll know the words I need to send to God. So he said, I'll pray with understanding. But then he said, there'll be times that I ain't going to know up from down, left from right. I'm not going to know what's good and what's not. I'm going to be in a place where I've been blindsided, where things have happened to me that I don't understand. People have taken advantage of me, whatever the case may be. And I'm just not going to know what to pray and I'm not going to know how to pray it. But Paul said, it's all right. You just pray with the Spirit. You just link up with Jesus and open your mouth and just let him do the talking. Let him do the speaking. Let him do the moving. Jude said in verse 20 of his book, building up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude said you build up your faith, you strengthen your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. I gave you the story of Stephen tonight. Stephen was one of the disciples that was chosen in the book of Acts. The needs were becoming so great, the church was spreading and growing at an unprecedented rate and the, and the needs of the people were becoming so great that the disciples, the apostles were being overran with the needs. And so the Bible says in, in chapter 6, they brought their heads together and they said, we've got to pray, we've got to get us some help. We need some assistance here. And so they bound together and they prayed and they said, we're going to search out men that, that are full of the Holy Ghost and that are of a good report. And so Stephen was one of these men that was chosen to help do some of the work of the church. They were Stephen was chosen as a part of the group to serve the widows, take care of the widows and all of their issues. But Stephen grew and waxed stronger, the Bible says, in the word and in the spirit. And so God began using Stephen in supernatural ways. Stephen began working miracles. Stephen began being used greatly by the spirit of God. He even began to stand in front of 
teachers and doctorates of the uh, doctors of the law and teach to them what this new gospel, this this new covenant was all about. Well, he got in front of the wrong crowd, and they tried to debate with him on what he was teaching and what he was doing, and they were not able to find any inconsistencies or fault in what he was teaching. So. That made them even more angry. And they decided to bribe witnesses and to bring false accusation to get his ministry shut down. And so as he goes on trial before the high priest and preaches a powerful message to all the leaders in that courtroom, the Bible says that he ends his message by telling them they are all murderers and betrayers by what they did to Jesus. Then he closes by saying, you bunch of hypocrites, you say you believe in the law and the way it was given, but you don't even follow it. And when they heard that, they become so angry that they were full of rage and hatred. And here is the point I want to bring out. In the midst of all that was going on, the trial, the anger, the lies being told, the hypocrisy, everything uh, uh, being brought against him and charged against him. The Bible says that while all that was going on, Stephen receives a vision. So he's being lied on, talked about, false accusations brought about him. He's facing jail time, possibly death, but none of that fazed him. He was in the spirit. And he received a vision. The Bible said he received a vision of Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of the Father in the midst of everything that he was fighting. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, he was still able to see Jesus. Even on his worst day, in the midst of the most terrible situation, he was able to be in tune with Jesus. That's why the Spirit of our God, the Holy Ghost, is called that comforter. For when we are broken, when we felt abused, when we felt rejected, when we felt lied on, abused by family, friends, maybe even people or leaders in the church, through the Holy Ghost, we are able to find strength and to find peace and to find joy even in the middle of the most devastating circumstances. How many of you can honestly testify and say that you've gone through something and people have told you, I don't know how you made it through that. I don't know how you're still standing. i tell you how you're still standing, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Brother Herman, how did you come through all that medical business you went through? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, how are you still sitting here in your right mind? By the power of the Holy Ghost. He is our intercessor. He is our strength. He is the one we look to when all else fails. And as Stephen is being stoned, throwing stone after stone on top of him, 
the Bible says he cries out to God and even says, Lord, lay not the charge of their sin upon them. So not only was he able to ask for forgiveness for them, but he said, Lord, don't even hold them accountable for it. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He frees you from that prison of bitterness and anger and vengeance and saying, yeah, you don't understand what they did to me. Stephen said, yeah, I, I, I know what they're doing to me, Lord. But not only do I want you to forgive them, but I want you to not even charge them with the charge that they're guilty of for stoning me. Because I know how good you are. And I know how merciful you are. And I know how great your word and your spirit is. And so, Lord, I release everything in my spirit to forgive them. But not only forgive them, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive them. The Holy Ghost not only caused him to forgive, but it caused him to intercede for the stone throwers. Oh boy, that's a place none of us want to go. Oh, I forgive them, but I ain't going to pray for them. Why not? They need Jesus just like you did. They need the Holy Ghost just like you do. They need to be saved just like I did. No, I don't agree with what they did to you, just like I don't agree with what they did to me. But that's not up to me what happens to them. I just pray that for the sake of their soul, God forgives them and allows them an opportunity to be saved. Come on, I've done things to somebody I shouldn't have. I threw stones at somebody one time I shouldn't have, and God forgave me. Come on, we need a spirit of intercession. God, forgive the stone throwers. And in this house tonight, I've gone 38 minutes. Will you give me two more? And in this house today, there are some of us who desperately need to tap into the power of God. You have had stones thrown at you. Words said, actions taken against you, probably or possibly by even people you loved and trusted dearly. But you cannot go out of this world full of anger, bitterness, and frustration. You've got to let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. And you've got to let him get a hold of your spirit. where you're struggling to pray for them. And if he chooses to forgive them and save them, praise God, because that's what he did for us. Come on, if anybody had a reason to shake their fists toward heaven, it was Jesus Christ. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lord, have mercy on them. I'm going to go to the cross for them. I'm going to give my life for them because I know they're better than that. They're more worthy to me than that. And just as he was releasing all of this to God, the Holy Ghost moved on him. And he begins to see God in all of his glory. And then 
as he's standing in the Spirit. It's amazing what the Spirit will do to him. But once he got in the Spirit, forgiveness was able to be given. And intercession for his enemies was able to be made. And then the Bible says that Stephen fell peacefully to sleep. Stones being heaped on him. Can't imagine the pain, but the Bible said he died peacefully in his sleep. Because when you get into the Spirit and you choose to forgive and pray for your stone throwers, the Bible clearly tells us in this story that the Spirit will take every ounce of pain away. a peace that passes beyond all understanding. You can stand up right after being stoned to your death and just have a peace because I'm in the spirit. Precious John, the beloved disciple, had all kind of things to him and when they realized they couldn't kill him, they decided to boil him and all, and they realized that wasn't going to kill him, so they just banished him to the Isle of Patmos. And now sitting there on that deserted island where they sent off prisoners to die, Brother Rodney, we find where John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. You open your book, to re open your Bible to Revelation, and that's one of the first words John penned, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Because he was in the spirit, none of that stuff that happened to him discouraged him or cheated him or stole his faith. He was able to get the greatest revelation of Jesus Christ that any one of the disciples was able to receive. Because John chose to be in the spirit. Stand with me. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further... Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless and we hope to see you on the next episode.